Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We're getting pretty close to number 50. This one is number 46, so when number 50 comes out, we'll have to do something cool and I'll get with Craig and we'll figure out some sort of fun thing to do for number 50 and make it unique. But uh, in this episode of the podcast, we we dive into kind of the, the craziness of social media and how it's unfortunately caused people to not have the ability to listen to an opposing viewpoint. A lot of times people will say, well, that person thinks this or that, and they'll have these preconceived notions in their head as to what they think that person's all about. And a lot of times the information or the assumptions that they make are just completely off base. And I know that in my own life, I've had situations working with different groups, especially in the outdoor industry, that I initially thought were possibly against what I did or I... Uh, assumed that their value set was a certain way, which was something that I didn't uh, agree with. And then I got to know those people and come to find out that wasn't the case at all. And so uh, Craig and I talk about people that silo themselves and only insulate themselves with other individuals who have the exact same viewpoint that they do and how that's a dangerous position to be in. Then we also talk about some examples online and, and some frustrations that that I think we all struggle with with Facebook and social media. It's like a double-edged sword. You know, you kind of want to be connected with everyone, but it comes with a price. And sometimes that price is uh, sacrificing your own mental sanity to make sure that you can um, just stay online to try to connect with people. And it's like, okay, at what point do you just turn that off? So, um, so we dive into that and talk about a few other things. So without further ado, episode number 46. taking a shower um first one in like four days yeah was and, it cold or is your water hot water back well that's like that that's why it took me a little while to, to actually log on because you, you have to like manually go and heat up the water um it's right now with the damage from the lightning strike um certain things haven't been repaired yet including the circuit board that controls um how the water is heated and what have you so you got to just you manually go there, you manually go and you turn on the boilers and then let it heat for about 20, 25 minutes. And then I got to go shut it off. But then the water heater's full and I can take a shower. Hmm. Um, and cool. I, yeah, and I have to, I have to make sure because we're only operating on two inverters as opposed to four, I have to make sure that there's enough voltage, um, flowing, flowing to the house too. So anyway, it's, yeah, it's just a little bit more of a process. Um, That's cool. and, uh, yeah, so I, I I definitely need to shower in a big bad way. <laughs> so I, I hear you, man. I, the other day I was walking around the house and I'm like, you know, my folks were out of town because they went to go visit my brother. And I was walking around the house and I'm like, man, it just smells in here. And I realized it was me. Oh yeah, no. And <laughs> I was like, whoops. <laughs> I've um, you know, I I've still been I've been adopting my um, backcountry cleaning techniques, body cleaning techniques. Um, you know, as we're continuing to work through this lightning strike, I, I've got my Huggies wipes mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I'll just go and, 
and, and wipe down the, the most extreme parts of my body on a daily basis. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to, uh, just to keep everything at bay, you know, to, to make sure I could be around other people without offending them. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is like, you know, I'm comfortable not showering because actually my skin feels better when I don't shower on a daily basis because I'm not as dried out, you know, and, and Bill Burr talks about how we're ashy. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah dude. He's like, you're ashy, you know, and, yeah. and it's true, but it's true. Ashy, I mean, motherfucking self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you just take your fingernails run across your, your forearm and it's like, but, uh, but if I don't, if I don't shower on a regular basis, I mean, it, my skin feels great, but then, then it comes with that, you know, the uh, patchouli smell or, or, or hippie, hippie scent. I know, I know. <laughs> but not, well, I, but not, but not everyone appreciates. So. <laughs> I know. I, uh, maybe I got to find like, you know, some kind of oil, not the patchouli oil. Cause I know that that's like PTSD for a lot of people out there. Um, but <laughs> yeah, maybe some kind of, maybe I got to find a Craig scent, I guess is really what it comes down to. So I can, <laughs> uh, I can engage regular community without, um, overwhelming them with my musk yeah yeah totally hey just a heads up here we're still getting really hammered with storms so we've had a couple times where the energy's cut out and so okay if i just if all of a sudden just drop off the face of the earth that's what happens so we've we had a situation yesterday evening to where the lightning it, it wouldn't stop like it literally was just for three or four minutes at a time the whole sky would just be lit up just back and forth, you know, with those arcs going across the sky. I mean, like really similar to probably what you had, uh, you know, in Chicago and areas like that, you know, like the Midwest storms that, that just hammer you. And there was a section Southeast of town here that was like, I would have to say it's maybe, I don't know, you know, a hundred, hundred square miles, if even, you know, and within that one little area within 10 minutes, there were 422 lightning strikes that hit the ground. Wow. Yeah, I mean, dude, Oklahoma had got hammered with deadly tornadoes yesterday and all throughout the evening. They had, they, they had, you, you know, everybody freaked out on Instagram about the double, the double rainbow and oh my gosh, what does it mean? Well, there was a double tornado that came out of the same cloud, the same funnel cloud. It split, and there were two different uh, tornadoes that end up touching the ground from the same funnel cloud. That rarely ever happens, and that's that's only in the most extreme cases of tornadoes. Dude, that's. Um... That's insane. I, I mean, I, I love extreme weather like that. I mean, don't I get me wrong. I mean, I know it's dangerous and people actually die, but I, I'm just totally mesmerized by that kind of activity and power. And just a reminder, you know, how small and insignificant we are, you know, and I, I love that. And I remember, I, I don't know if you're, if, if your community that you grew up in was the same as mine, but so the, the tornado sirens would go off when I was younger, you know, living on, in the Chicago area. And everybody in the community was, was guided to go down into their basements. Mm -hmm. And so me and my sisters and, you know, friends would go down in the basement. And then my dad and the next door neighbor, both of them would always walk out into the middle of the street and just like hang out, you know, while <laughs> <laughs> like that was the way it, it was. I, I just thought it was funny and it uh -huh. probably passed on to me, you know, cause that's exactly what I would do. You know, if I was living in a subdivision, yep. and tornado warnings went off and whatnot, I'd be like, all right, kids get in the basement. Daddy's <laughs> daddy's going outside to check out what's going on, you know, and just like hanging out there while just checking it all out while, while everybody else was safe. 
Yeah, that's exactly. You honestly described every scenario when the when the tornado sirens would go off of what my dad would do. He'd yeah. go upstairs, you know, and that was back when the when the camcorders were huge. It was like the movie ones that you put on your shoulder, and he'd be out there like filming it and stuff. Be like, I'm getting some good footage. We're like, Dad, get down here, you know. And then like I, we actually, when we were growing up, uh, when I was when when I was real young, we lived in this house by a ditch, and so I was always in the ditch playing. But then we about sixth grade, we moved to a lake. And we lived on this lake for a long time. And we actually had a tornado hit our house when we lived there. It was only an F1. And we I remember we were sitting in the living room. Or no, we were sitting in the the little uh, like dining room area. And we had all these windows. And all of a sudden, the windows started to make noise. Like they were getting stressed. It sounded like they were like almost cracking. And you're like, I was like, what the hell is that? We'd look out over the back of the lake. And the funnel cloud had just touched down on the lake and sucked up water. So you could see the actual tornado itself because usually you can't unless there's debris in it you can't see the wind just turning you know it's a you have to have and and so as soon as that hit down all of a sudden the water just started getting drawn up into it we're like holy shit Uh. and we ran downstairs and right before we ran downstairs my dad actually opened the windows because you have to open those windows because the air pressure is different oh yeah 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 and so he did that and that's what saved our house from not getting totally the windows totally blown out on the upper level. But what it did do was we, <laughs> we had this dorky neighbor and this guy, and I'm not kidding you. He, he thought he was just like, like the ladies loved him. You know, he, he thought that, but he, but he was hundred percent wrong. He was like this Italian dude who had horrible chest hair and he would always be out there in his running shorts with his shirt off. With oh his chains, yeah. Waxing this bullshit BMW. That was just a, literally a piece of crap. And he'd be out there like whack, like every day he's like waxing it. He's got this music going and he's like, he's like doing the shooter McGavin to everybody and all that stuff. And, uh, the F1 tornado, when it hit our house, it sucked the, the solar panels off our house and dumped them on his car. And my dad was like, yes, oh, he was, he was like, fucking hilarious. He, he was like, yes, that's awesome. And then, uh, it was kind of funny if you looked. if, well, not funny, but if you looked out the front door of our house, it looked down this corridor to where there were, there were homes scattered throughout, but there were these large fences and you could see where the tornado like meandered through there and knocked down the fence. It was like, you know, you, you sit there and you think like, oh, that'll never happen to us. Like, even though I grew up in Tornado Alley, you know, you just don't think like, oh, I'll ever, I'll never have a tornado like come that close to me. But it was crazy when it happened because it was only an F1 and it sounded like a, tr- a freight train was going to the house. So I couldn't imagine being involved in like an F3, F4, F5. Yeah. That would just be, that would be har- harrowing because the F1, which was, I think the speeds in the F1 can top out at like 80 miles an hour. You're talking about like an F5 to where they're over 200. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I mean, this, this tornado was probably three, I would say by, by the time it touched the ground, it was small, three to four feet wide. The big F5 tornadoes that hit Wichita, Kansas in 1993, back when there were the three that, that converged on the town at the same time, one of them was three quarters, three quarters of a mile wide on the ground. Oh my God, man. That's just talk about mowing the lawn. Oh, dude, it was crazy. There's this, uh, there's this thoroughfare through town called Kellogg Boulevard, and it's like an old historic thoroughfare. And they have these cottonwood trees that line it. And the cottonwood trees, some of them are over 100 years old, and they're huge. I mean, they're massive trees. And this this uh, road that goes through it's kind of considered a highway, I guess you could say it. And um, where the tornado that came up from the south, when it when it came and crossed over Kellogg Boulevard, that was the one that was three-quarters of a mile wide. And you'll and after the tornado hit, it was crazy. You drive along Kellogg Boulevard, it's beautiful, awesome road, these beautiful trees, and all of a sudden you drop down three inches where the where the pavement got ground down from the debris in the air, and there's no trees for three quarters of a mile. 
Man, that's that's just awesome power right there. That is yeah. that is awesome power. And these these are like the good old days of the suburbs when living in the suburbs was like cool. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> now now it's just miserable. Or, yeah. You know, whatever. Hey, hey, give me give me two minutes. I Rue is freaking going nuts. So I don't know if he knows okay. needs to go to the bathroom or if he needs uh, food. But, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, give, give me two minutes. Okay, no problem. All right, I'm back. Cool, cool. Um, hey, are, are you getting snow up there? I know that other areas of Colorado. Guy yeah, I mean it's nothing significant. I, I think the Front Range is getting hit harder than we are. Um, but you know, we've been getting snow on and off for the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, oh yeah. So you know, every, everybody's just kind of being a pussy out there in the Front Range because um, <laughs> well, that's, that's not par for the course. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. So we, yeah, we had, we had snow last, we've been getting dusted every night and, um, yeah, it was definitely, it's been getting cold and windy. Um, Mark's been crying like a little bitch, but, um, yeah. Is he back? yeah, no, I mean, he's back, he's leaving this, this coming weekend, but yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, back for a few weeks now, Oh, that's cool. um, but he's, have you, guys, have you guys been kind of figuring out like what's, what all's going to you take to get the everything squared away oh and also too did you figure out like if that other company didn't ground the or like if they were faulty or or at, at, or at fault for not grounding the no i mean it hasn't power? been i i haven't had a chance to like spend a lot of time talking to mark i mean he's he's got communications going all the time um i know he has gotten um a disbursement check for um the insurance to to start going ahead and and purchasing stuff but i don't i don't have any in, in you know additional information i thought I, I thought that that exchange on your post you know with um the the our last episode um mm -hmm. just some of the commentary people were giving on the grounding there was you know one guy that was giving feedback on um, the radio frequency Motorola product and, and how to ground that. And then it, it sounds like you've got a couple friends that are um, either just knowledgeable about this or in the business. Um, mm. So I, I, I was really, really interested in, in some of the things we were going back and forth, but I, I don't have any more information right now, whether, um, you know, whether the construction company is going to be liable, whether, you know, what going forward, what what is the right process to properly ground everything i mean i've been i've been having some different conversations but nothing nothing is clear to me yet um yeah but um that's cool yeah yeah it's uh we we actually just had a lightning storm move through last night i was like oh crap man i hope i i was down in gunny and i was like i hope the house isn't getting hit right now yeah um so now there's like that um, I got some PT, some lightning PTSD. Um, <laughs> well, I, heck man, I don't blame you. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, the fact that, the fact that, that you made it out there completely physically unscathed is a blessing. So. I know. No, that, yeah, absolutely. It could have gone south real fast. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. No so. doubt about it. Yeah. I'm, uh, just to give you a heads up on my schedule. So I, it, I'm just waiting to hear back from my computer or from the computer text to get my computer back. And then once that happens, I'm going to start making plans to head that way. Cause I've, I've been talking with Adam and we need to get some more stuff done for the documentary. Mm -hmm. And then we're, I'm trying just to get everything kind of finalized for the outdoor retailer show for the tickets. Cause I, 
I, I reapplied for Colorado Backcountry Adventures to be a 501c3, and that's been registered with the state and the federal government, but I just have to wait for the letter to come. So um, once that letter comes, then we're good to go. If it doesn't come before the show, then we can't attend because that's one of the things I have to give them a physical copy of that. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so that, okay. that, that could be the only thing that would uh, throw a wrench in that. But I definitely want to get back there as soon as possible because I, I just, uh, I just want to, you know, I just want to get after it. And plus, too, I'd like to be there for the for the for the melt off. I mean, it's so much fun when that happens. The wildflowers start blooming like crazy, and it's just a great time to be in Colorado. Yeah, and it, it's. Make sure you bring plenty of layers because it's it's still still definitely a lot of winter left. Um, yeah, here. and you know what you know what I was thinking about doing because I was tracking the weather, but I was thinking about heading over to like Canyon of the Ancients and checking out that BLM uh, National Monument because kind of what we were talking about with the focus of the five hundred one C three going forward about helping the BLM with conservation efforts. So I kind of would like to get a pulse on a few more national monuments before I re before we really sit down and start to write our our plan. It's a good idea. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I like that. Um, and and I like to check it out. People speak really highly of it. Not a lot of people go out there. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I'm not sure if my work schedule is going to allow a lot of. Um, yeah. My my focus right now is is just on making money and. and totally. Yeah. I, I just was in a situation where I I did rack up some debt and um, my I just I want to get I want to get the fuck I want I want that out I, I want to yeah. blow that out. Um, so I don't, I, I mean, you know, you and I've talked about a, a few different topics that would be interesting to talk about. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, um, just the, um, you know, the, the kind of angst one experiences, you know, when, when they're in a more congested family dense, higher family density area, you know, that the yeah. angst that one can experience there, the, um, we we also uh, were talking about how maybe just you know a, a simple uh, discussion about how to do some simple maintenance. I I've been getting a lot better at doing my own truck work. Um, yeah, and me too. Um, saving a lot of money on that. But I, I I if you're if you're game for it, I, I'd actually like to talk about the new Facebook group that that we just oh, yeah. launched. Because um, I I mean. Personally, I, I think it, it's, um, I don't know, it's just been on my mind and you and I just talk about it in general, the, um, the, there's just so much intolerance out there in, and when I say out there, I, I, I mean, in social media land, but also out there in just like, you know, interactions, there just seems to be like, everybody is siloed and intolerant of, uh, um, being in the presence of anything that makes them uncomfortable and whether that's, yep. you know, religious discussion, whether that is, um, you know, quote unquote, inappropriate conversation or topics or what have you. And, you know, I, I, I want to be respectful of everybody, but at the same time, like we, we need to learn to like be able to be in the presence of something that we disagree with and just be able to like, let it shrug off our shoulders. And yep. so, you know, you, you and I were going in, in maybe, maybe the example, you know, that kind of prompted me to uh, have this conversation with you is, is a good one to bring up. But um, just for the audience, um, Brian and I have, have created a group called Nomad 
Ramblers. Um, it's a Facebook group. And we're, we're, I think it's fair to say that even right now, at this very moment, we're trying to figure out kind of what this group is about and what the guidelines are. But I, I think it's also fair to say that we're, we're interested in promoting a community that is um, interested in this kind of conversation. And when I say this kind of conversation, I mean the stuff that we talk about on Nomad Ramblings and, and our respective YouTube channels and, um, and blogs. But we're, we're also interested in fostering a community that has more tolerance yep. and um, just isn't so sensitive and knee-jerk rejection oriented around anything that hints at something that, you know, quote unquote offends them. Um, yeah. So, you know, to the audience, please, please check out, we'll, you know, Brian and I are respectively going to be, I think, posting on our own Facebook pages and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and in the notes here, uh, but, but, you know, do a search for nomad ramblings, join the group and um, be a part of the discussion. And I, um, anyway, I'll, th I'll throw it over to you and, and hear yeah. your thoughts on what, you know, what some of the stuff that's been going around in your mind as to what you want from this group. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, you know, I think it, I think you nailed it on the head about people being siloed and that was the reason for, for creating that Facebook group of nomad ramblers. And it's, it's just interesting, especially, you know, when I got into the outdoor industry and started doing conservation work, I never anticipated it to be as fragmented as it is. Mm. And I think that's the reason why um, some of the other organizations or other um, influences that are well-organized have a tendency to steamroll some of the conservation stuff or some of the efforts involved in that. And it's because a lot of people, like you said, they, they're, they're too sensitive and they get offended if somebody has a different point of view. And I don't know. I, I think I, I see a lot of people nowadays definitely insulating themselves with group speak. And I don't think you grow at all on that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think as a matter of fact, yeah, it's actually like atrophy for your muscle. It's atrophy for your brain. And I feel like when people surround themselves with group speak, you get so accustomed just to saying certain things and then you put the blinders on and anybody who talks outside of that is considered the enemy. And that's not, that's not reality. You know, th there's a hundred different ways like that, like that, that perfect meme about there's a hundred different paths up the mountain. And the only person wasting their time is the one running around the base telling everybody that his or her path is wrong. Mm. And that's correct. You know, and that's a powerful thing to say because I've been guilty of it in my life. And I even noticed that when I get plugged in like this, like you were saying about, about, uh, you know, being around, uh, a family environment or, or, or just being plugged in, you know, just being around people all the time. Uh, I found that I've, that I've almost lapsed or relapsed back into the mindset of like, well, I want to get online and I want to debate things. And I don't, and I don't necessarily want to, I don't necessarily want the person to see my point of view. I just want to tell them they're wrong. Mm. And that's not, that's not a healthy place to be in. And I, and I, and I notice that it's like that when I'm not in nature, if I'm, if I'm stuck in an office setting or if I'm stuck, like, like here in Kansas, I mean, it's just been raining like crazy for forever. I mean, we're, we're just getting hammered with weather. And plus two with Sierra, what happened to her? She's luckily she's on the mend and she's doing great now. And her stitches are out and her scabs are pretty much gone. But, uh, but you know, I get back here and I'm not doing the same daily stuff that I'm doing to where I'm out in nature 95% of my day. And I'm only 5% maybe checking a few things, checking email, checking social media to see if there's any messages to get back to it and not scrolling through it and looking for things to engage in like I'm doing now because I'm bored. And 
you know, you've said some really, really interesting stuff, which I totally agree with. And I, and I've heard other, other people, whether it's podcasters or just people in general say the same thing about how the experiences that you had this past winter to where it pushes you right to the edge and how you need to live on the edge because you feel engaged with life. When we don't have that in our lives, I feel like as humans, we look for things to engage in, whether it's, mm. whether it's healthy or not. And, and more often than not, we tend to go towards the things that's like we go towards the discord or we go towards the confrontation because we want to feel some emotion to something because everyday life is, is can be, can be very unengaging and, and quite frankly, boring, yeah. so, you know, and, and I, and I feel like when we're out and, and we're doing these things and we're traveling, you know, I would say 99% of the people that I've met on the road are extremely positive people and because they're engaged with life and they're not bored and they're not spending their time on social media rummaging through things going, who can I, who can I argue with today? They're not interested in that because life is satisfying. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so, so anxious to get back on the road is because I want that peace of mind again. And I want that even keel and I want to be more on the rhythm of the, of the sun and the moon and not on the rhythm of the alarm clock. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. What I, mean? yeah I, I totally do. And I, it's, it's interesting. So you, you, you know, you were talking about how, you know, we, we've had, we, we have experiences that we get up to that, that physical and emotional and spiritual edge here. And, and that's what we, we want, you know, in pursuing this different lifestyle. And then you, you talked about how, when, when people are in a more comfortable, um, less challenging environment, we tend to seek out that fight. And, and I, again, like I keep on having this, um, this heavy connection, the strong connection to the um, mythology of Sisyphus and, and having to roll that that rock up the hill over and over and over again. And I, I think that that's just something about being human is we need that rock, we need that struggle to push it up there. And if we don't have a healthy struggle, a healthy fight, we're going to unconsciously seek out an unhealthy fight an unhealthy struggle. And it's a perfect example. Yeah. Cause you, you do like, you know, when you get complacent and when you're not necessarily bored, but when, when you're just not challenged, you, you, you look to like, or maybe not everybody, but I, I, I'm guilty of it. I, I look to pick fights. I mean, like I, mm-hmm. I, I want to fight and Me too. Um, it's, it's something that I um, work really hard to back out of. And so getting back to this group that we're, we're interested in creating and fostering from my perspective, it's not that I want to talk about controversial political things all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I just want a space where there's an expectation that if something is pissing you off, like you don't, you don't need to flag it. You don't need to like, you know, call your mommy and like get someone to take something down. Like yeah. ignore it, go, yep. go for a walk, scroll on, move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I'm just going to bring up the example. And I, you know, I, I pray to God that one of our listeners is not the one who either flagged it or took it down, but whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to speed. This is my forum. I get to do what I want on my forum. That's right. Um, so I, 
you know, I, I made a kind of, I don't know if you want to call it immature, colorful statement, but my, you know, my intention was good. I, I wanted to be funny and I wanted to be colorful, but I made a statement about how I get excited when I come across another pickup truck with a topper on it. And like someone's, so, you know, the scenario is I'm, I'm across the parking lot and I'm looking at a guy who's about to open the back of his truck and he's got a topper. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder, like, I wonder what that looks like. And like, I bet, I bet there's going to be something cool in there. And so the, the, the exact phrase that I used is I said, I get a chub, you know, mm -hmm. when I'm, watching in anticipation of, um, you know, someone opening up the back because I, I get excited and whatnot. And so it's a colorful phrase. Mm -hmm. So the fucker on some fucker on the fucking Facebook group flagged it and then the moderator took it down. And that's yeah. just for, for me, um, you know, I, I guess I just want to, be in environments where people have a little bit tougher of a skin. And if something, yeah. if something bothers you or tweaks you the wrong way, like move on, you don't yeah. need to fucking control the whole fucking world and exactly. tell on me to your mommy, you know, to preserve the safe space for you. And that yeah. doesn't mean that I support people being truly hateful and hurtful. I don't like, I, mm -hmm. I think that that, that is wrong, but to take it to the other extreme is freaking insane. We're all going to be just talking about bland white toast. Right. And you know what? I just don't want to live in that environment. So mm -hmm. personally, you know, that, that was one of the huge, huge motivators for me to start exploring the idea of this new group where it, it it's, it's, it's not family friendly in the way that a lot of people think. I don't mean that I want an environment where people can attack each other, but I just don't want an environment where people are telling on each other and policing each other yeah. in a stupid way. Yep. I totally agree with you. And the thing is too, is like your, your comment was in jest and it's very accurate about how truck camping people geek out over other people's builds. Totally. Every, like, like that's what we're interested in. Hey, I want to see what that person did because Maybe they have an idea that I haven't thought of and I can incorporate it into my build and we have something in common anyway. And chances are, nine, I mean, out of out of 100 people that I've asked to see their builds, 99 have said yes. Totally. The one person that didn't probably was just in a bad Oh, hang on one second. Back to what I was saying, though, is that, you know, you, you said that in jest. It's, it was funny. And the fact that somebody can't see that for what it is and they actually take offense and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to police you and I'm going to control your thoughts and I'm going to control what you say because I don't agree with that because I'm having a bad day and I'm going to take your joke as a literal statement is pathetic. And, and then on top of it too, you know, I'm a moderator in that group and I kind of, I'm an admin. I kind of want to get out of it because I'm just tired of all the, it's the group's gotten too big and there's no direction, but you know, people were flagging a camping shirt. This girl was wearing a camping shirt that said, Hey, I never thought I'd be a badass, sexy camper, but here I am. And it was like, you know, I don't know if you've seen it going on the internet, but a lot of people, a lot of girls have bought it because it's cool. It's got a little camper on the front of it and it's very fitting to what we do. There were like 16 people that flagged that in one day. And I'm thinking like, what, what's going on in these people's lives to get so offended about a t-shirt? It's, it's pathetic. And, and why can't it's so, you know, getting, you know, the, the kind of group that I want to create and I want to be a part of is, is one that, 
if something bothers you and offends you, like go take a walk, you know, go, go have a conversation because probably it's not about what the person said or did on Facebook. It's probably the fact that you had an argument, you know, with a coworker, you know, the other day, or like someone flipped you off and you're Mm -hmm. just letting it permeate the rest of your life. And so I, I just, I guess there's, it's kind of like a, it's um, the, the word that comes to mind for me is like maturity. And I don't right. mean like, I, I got a potty mouth and I, I talk about like, you know, I, I make innuendos and all that stuff, but I do it out of humor. When I talk mm-hmm. about maturity, I, I, I talk about the ability to not get offended. And I, and I talk about the, the ability to not be so sensitive. Like I, I am like actually a very sensitive person and I take things personally and whatnot, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to foster that type of behavior in myself. I want to do the exact opposite. I want to challenge myself to sit with that uncomfortable feeling and get down to the root of it, as opposed to start lashing out at everybody else because I'm sensitive about X, Y, and Z. Like really my, my philosophy, my hope in life, like I, I kind of want to be, I want to be like a freaking you know, societal ninja and, and guru where really nothing offends me. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I can have positions and opinions about things, but I really want to get my my myself to a place emotionally and spiritually where like I take nothing personally and mm-hmm. I can just let things roll off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the kind of group that I want to be a part of. And again, I, I don't, I'm not imagining this utopic, you know, you, you utopian environment and, and, and perfect place. Things are going to, things are going to piss me off. People are, I'm going to piss off other people, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't want to be around um, this intolerance and like, let's, let's figure out a way to work things out. Let's figure out a way to be curious about someone that has a different opinion than yeah. you rather exactly. than rejecting of it. Yeah. Because you know, the most that I can think back to the times where I've been in a siloed mindset. And I can tell you that during those time periods, I didn't learn much about life. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had the same people echoing the same exact views that I did. And while that's a, and while that may be a comfortable place to be in in the short term, in the long term, you could wake up a decade from now and not have one new perspective. And that's that's a that's dangerous to be in that to be in that mindset because there's no personal growth and like I said before, I think there's actually brain atrophy that happens. So, I've learned a lot by getting involved with organizations that I originally thought that I was uh, maybe philosophically different from one perfect example is the Wilderness Society. Mm. I had preconceived notions of what they were like, and I took offense to what I thought was their position. Come to find out that wasn't even accurate. My interpretation and my my uh, perception of what they were doing was 100% off base. And then I met with them and I thought, heck, these people think exactly the same way I do. You know, they just want to, they just want to ser- serve their interests in protecting land that I feel should be protected. And I, and I can definitely get on board with that. And then it's like, if you open your mind up, there's, there's really a great opportunity for not only personal growth, but then also to, to develop new perspectives and maybe some new opportunities open up for collaboration or, or working. 
you know, with, with people. So no I, I really think it's dangerous to stay in just that, just that really siloed mindset, like you were talking about, you know, that's that other people display. Yeah. And, and I, I just, you know, of course, I, I think that the, um, the lifestyle that we are pursuing is perfect for um, aligning with this more open-minded, uh, um, mature mindset. Because so as you know, I, I made that post um, in Nomad Ramblers. You know what's what is a nomad, and mm-hmm. you know I you know the the traditional um, uh, definition of it is, you know, a, uh, one that wanders around seasonally and with a group of people and what have you, but, you know, you dig into the root of the word a little bit and, and it gets a little bit more nuanced and what have you. And I, I think that that's what we're exploring in this is that, you know, whether it is looking at, you know, how, how does one foster mental health and are psychedelics a possibility? Like that's, that's outside the regular bounds of thinking. And, mm-hmm. you know, can can cannabis and CBD be used in ways that are not deleterious to people and, and actually really, really helpful? You know, mm-hmm. is, is someone that lives in a truck, um, do they have insight and wisdom? Can, can, can one gain insight and wisdom out of, you know, being living in a truck that one can't gain in, you know, a suburb corporate driven family driven kind of an environment. So mm-hmm. the, these are, uh, you know, I think that these are, are interesting questions and pathways and scenarios on the edge of um, what's considered normal and acceptable. And it, it requires one to be open-minded and tolerant of new ways of thinking. And so I, I just don't, I, I've got no interest in, you know, someone that's going to second guess, you know, me making a little, a little joke about getting a chub, which is freaking funny, man. I mean, you can't yeah. like, that is freaking hilarious. Like, you cannot, a, especially when we're talking about truck builds, everybody geeks out on that. And everybody that has done this knows what we're talking about. Totally. And for and someone we had girls that were contributing, like, 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 like a commandant, but like, I'm in, I'm in the exact same boat. This is, yes, I totally do the same thing. And it's like, yeah, people it's come on, relax. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, open up your mind, like, like, like stretch yourself. And like, if you don't want to stretch yourself into that, if that's not, you know, like some people don't like the potty talk or whatever, like, fine. Like, I'm not going to come at you because you don't want to engage it, but I am going to come at you if you try to police me. And, um, so, you know, either scroll on or, you know, get off your high horse and have some fun. And I, I, I just, again, coming back to the theme of like, you know, a nomad, whether it's a truck camper like you and I, or, you know, someone that's pursuing like shamanism or, you know, my, my, my friend, Nicole, who is over in India, you know, living in ashrams, like that is freaking really, really cool stuff. And, and even if there are, um, themes and thoughts in those people that let, let's say they, they come in direct conflict with your religious beliefs, like, okay, like let it be, you don't need to fight and reject it. 
like maybe just let it rub off your shoulder and find out what you can relate to as opposed to not relate to and focus on that. Yep. Um, and I, I want to be challenged to grow in that way. And, and on the flip side of it, you know, I, I can get reactionary to in, in a bad way to certain religious dogma. And I think it's important for myself to be open-minded to the good things and growing things that prompt growth from someone that, you know, follows a religious uh, way of life that I don't necessarily align with. Like I need to challenge myself in that way too. So I think it, it goes both ways. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it goes across both ends of the spectrum. I totally, I totally agree. And, and, and going back to what we were talking about, about when we're in these environments to where we're bored and maybe connected a lot online, you know, it's just weird. I, I, I even just look at myself over the last couple of weeks of being here and granted I was in a bad mood when I showed up because of the attack on Sierra. So that, sure. that was, that was really tough, you know, and I still wake up every night in the middle of the night with a nightmare about it, which is, I've never, I never thought it would impact me like this, you know? So it's like literally like a little PTSD from it. And that's, what's prompted me to make the changes in the protection devices that I plan to use in the backcountry, which I didn't want to go there, but this was a wake-up call in the sense that I'm solo. I'm usually really far back by myself, alone. There's no one else around. I don't have cell phone reception. I do have a GPS to where I can call search and rescue, but it may take them 20 hours to show up. So I, if three people roll up on me instead of just two dogs and the three people want to do me harm, I would be at their mercy if I don't have something to equalize or at least at least try to try to make give myself a fighting chance, I guess, if you will. Mm. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating that I have to be in that spot, but it's, uh, it's going to be an eye-opener for me because I'll be able to start to communicate more and interact more with a community that I haven't had any interaction with, and that's the firearm community. Mm. And, you know, one thing about that, which I, which I definitely want to point out when it comes to conservation, and there's a, there's a really great podcast from Steve Rinella. Steve Rinella is the guy who started this, the Meat Eater podcast, and he's actually a writer for Out, Outside Magazine. He's been that for, I think, 17 years. And he had a really great piece that he put in Outside Magazine. And then Outside Magazine featured him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about how hikers and hunters have way more um, synergies with their thinking of public lands and how to and, and, and conservation than people would give them credit for. And so it's really interesting. Those are two very diverse groups. And if you look at the conversations online, you know, typically those diver those groups tendency have a tendency to demonize one another I, and from what i've seen it's more so from the hiking demonizing the firearm community the hunting community than vice versa but if you look at the way conservation is set up 80 percent of the state funding for all the wildlife management is done through angling fees and hunting fees through tags or or licenses mm -hmm. and so if that community wants to talk shit on the people that are doing 80 percent of it then step up and meet them 50 50. you know i don't understand why the backpacking crowd continues to battle the backpack tax when it's obvious that like hey you've got a lot of influence here quit quit having your your import taxes go to the general fund and say, hey, we're going to flex our muscle and let's have that go to the Department of Interior like the firearm community did. And so I've got a lot of respect for that industry. Granted, I don't know much about it, but I'm going to be getting involved in it. And I'm excited to learn because it's a different position than what I've had in the past. And it's one that I feel is out of necessity, not only for my own safety, but for Sierra's. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, this is a really good example of what we're talking about because I, I remember 
you you were pretty active actively discussing this a year a year and a half ago and 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 also just you know the four wheel drive community versus the the hiking purist mm-hmm. community and you know my my knee jerk reaction as you know more of a tree hugger liberal dude you know I I was ready to go to battle with you and 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 like you know take you down on like no like fuck the four wheel drive gun toting motherfuckers you know they just got to shut the fuck up like i that was my knee jerk inside mm-hmm. inner monologue uh, reaction to it but just like we're talking about with how we want to move forward with this this facebook group nomad ramblers i i took a breath and started actually taking a look taking a look at some of the information that you were putting out there and I couldn't deny it. I was like, holy shit, like he's actually bringing up a really good point that a lot of the funding for conservation of the areas that I love to go in is is coming from anglers and hunters and, and four-wheel drivers. And I it's important that I acknowledge that and not demonize them, you know, that may, maybe there are a few bad actors in that group, but on a whole they their their interests align very well with mine and there's also a really good point that Brian and others are making that they they should be more open to a a backpack a backpacker type tax and you know putting more money into the direct funding of of protecting these areas and that's that's a perfect example because again my knee jerk reaction was to fight you on it but I, you know, have been really working hard to take a step back and and not be so reactionary and argumentative and trying to find what I agree with in other when what other people say as opposed to what I disagree with. And that's that's a phenomenal example of where I was challenged in a good way. And I'm better because of understanding the situ- situation in a more fact based um, paradigm. Yeah. Well, if you look at the conversation from the, from the outside looking in, if I, and and I was guilty of this when I first started venturing into the outdoor industry, you know, the people that have the loudest voice are a lot of the gear companies, like the backpacking companies and the apparel companies. And then you don't hear a lot from the angling and firearm community. But what's interesting is that it seems as though the ones that control the conversation are the ones that aren't contributing the most. Now, granted, they're, they're, they are contributing, so I don't ever want to discredit that. But when you look at attacks, let's let's take, for example, the 1% for the planet, which I'll never, I'll never knock anybody for doing that. But that pales in comparison to how much money is generated by the 11% excise tax for firearms. Mm. And, and that money goes directly to the Department of the Interior. And the Department of Interior has an entire metrics based on usage and the usage is derived from the local level where they go out and they they look at how many permits are pulled how many people are out there how many people are camping i mean they do all these different studies and then the, the department of the interior uh proportionately according to how much usage there is in the area they get more money like if you know if an area is not getting any usage they don't get a lot of money but that's okay because it doesn't need to have a lot of funding but areas that do like say for example colorado you know they'll they'll say okay well central colorado is getting overrun so we're going to we're going to really give them the funds they need. And that's essential to 
to conservation and making sure that these areas don't get completely overrun. Because as you and I both know, I mean, we joke about it all the time. Like we, we need a good plague. There's too many people. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so but Mr. Bill Burr is leading the charge on that. And God bless him because he's the most fun. He's the funniest guy ever. But but it's true. I mean, it's just like, you know, if we don't have those, if that if that money went away, not only would the conservation areas collapse, but like the species, the different species that are endangered at the state level that the state organizations and the wildlife organizations are managing, they would become extinct. That's a fact. That's proven. There's documentation showing that. And so I don't understand like the, well, I guess I do understand, but I wish it would go away. I, the, the, the need for people to demonize other people in the industry that are helping out. And I, I mean, I, I understand, I mean, the, the school shooting, stuff like that, that's horrible. Nobody ever wants to see that. And I don't ever want to see that. But me embracing a firearm for my own personal protection doesn't is, is not a vote of confidence for that sort of behavior. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's what, what it is, is I'm just saying, hey, I've had situations in my life to where I need to have safety and my, my my physical hands aren't enough. So I have to be able to equalize it somehow. Now, am I going to go out there and, you know, target practice every weekend and then that country? Of course not. I'm only going to go to gun ranges. I'm only going to go to I'm going to go through training. I'm going to continue training with that, get all the license that I need to do and do it legit. And um, I, I would eventually one day like to get into hunting. My uncles do it. I've got an uncle who's a big bow hunter. He goes and backpacks into these wilderness areas and he'll sometimes he'll get an elk and sometimes he won't. Yeah. And if he does, he'll spend days packing it out. And that, I mean, how, how more of an environment, environmentally friendly way could you get your food? I mean, he walked in there, you know, used a bow and arrow and then packed it out himself and that's like the best organic meat on the planet. Now, now, granted, you you know, people look at those elk and they say, "Oh, they're awesome. They're, you know, they're beautiful, and I wouldn't want to hurt them." And I understand the compassion for that. But you know, the the Joe Rogans of the world and the Steve Rennells and all that stuff say, "Good life, bad day." As far as how those animals live, you don't want those animals living in a chicken coop that that where mm-hmm. they never see the light mm-hmm. of day. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, think about it. And and uh, I think also too. A lot of people don't know where their food comes from, and that that disassociation with what is on your plate that used to be a living, living, breathing animal. A lot of a lot of people in the city, I just don't. They, there's a there's a disconnect. They they think, okay, I'll go with that with the with the mass farm or with the mass production of uh, or mass agriculture, whatever they call it, with the you know cows that are in bad bad conditions. But then they think that like somebody who goes out there and gets their own food, whether it's a fish, because I get people that hammer me for eating fish that I catch, and it's like. It's just there's just a disconnect, and so I'm, I'm yeah. interested. I'm interested in getting to know more about that community. Is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, you know, and the, these are the kinds of subjects that I'd like to see discussed in the Nomad Ramblers group, and with with the understanding that there there needs to be tolerance for topics in language that might cause you to knee jerk, reject it. And, and, um, you know, if we, if we get Wiccans, you know, like <laughs> freaking witches, yeah. you know, they get it like, like that's, that's the same thing. And I, I just, um, you know, I, I, and, and I'm, and again, I, I am not interested in creating a political discussion group. That is not my interest at all, but I, I, I am interested in 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 finding more common ground and curiosity among disparate groups that i am in in creating the animosity and i i just you know it, it 
it, it, it pretty much goes without saying that they, if you spend any time in looking at, at um, any kind of media um, that, that there's just so much in, intolerance and hate flowing back in every single direction. And there's no, there's no elevation of groups and, and individuals that try to bridge that gap. And that's really what I want this, um, this group to be is to, to elevate and promote and foster people that might not necessarily get along and, and have them share ideas. And, you know, when, whether it's, it's backpacking, you know, van living, um, freaking hitchhiking across the country, you know, expats, um, being, you know, in other countries or, uh, you know, our, our one listener in North Korea, you know, telling yeah. us how, you know, if he wants to pipe in and the Supreme and, leader <laughs> and tell us how Kim Jong-un is awesome. Like, I yeah. want to hear about that. And it, I mean, yep. it's not that I'm not going to like sit there and, and fall in love with the dude, but you know, it'd be really, really interesting to hear about a completely different way of life and, and have it done on respectful terms. Um, yes. and you know, if I, um, you know, if someone's using colorful language or whatever, like if it pisses me off, like I'm going to go take a walk or shrug it off. I'm not going to flag it and call my mommy and, and, you know, to have the principal take it down. Um, yeah. I'm going to be a man and, and just, you know, let it, let it go. You know, take, you know take, it'd be interesting. It, it would be interesting to see if, maybe maybe six or seven months down the line once we've grown the group and there's a lot of diverse individuals in there it would be interesting to say okay um have a post and say okay this post is you know is it's 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 meant to challenge your beliefs mm. and and what what we would like you to do is the group that you think you oppose the most do some research and find one thing positive about nice it. i like that, that that you agree with you know something that you can align yourself with because one thing that that i was talking to the friends of Cedar Mesa about when I was out of Bears Ears is there's a, there's a new gal there named Stephanie and she came from Flagstaff and she's, she's part of their community outreach program. And so she was like, she was asking me, she said, you know, I'm having a hard time getting these groups to like realize that they're on the same page. You know, you've got these, you've got these hiker groups and then you've got these groups that are archeologists and then you have these groups that, that are truck campers. And then you have these groups that are jeepers, but they all go there because they love that area, but they just love it. They, a lot of times they love it for the same reasons. They just have different ways of doing their preferred recreation. Mm. And, I, and I, I told her, I said, you know, something that was really effective that I thought of when I was in central Colorado was that we would team up with different groups. We would say, okay, I'm going to go to the West Tennessee lakes, or I'm sorry, I'm going to go to the uh, North Half Moon Creek area, which is, it's a great trail in, near Leadville. And I'm going to go up there and I'm going to go check on the hiking trailheads that go to the top of the 14ers. You've got Mount Massive on one side that peels off from the trail, and then you've got Mount Elbert. Well, Mount Elbert is the is the number one, you know, most visited trail in Colorado because it's the highest mountain. So everybody wants to summit it. So you go to the parking lot, and unfortunately, it's a mess. So what I would do is I would go there with hiking groups, and I would get out, and I would show them what I would do the whole time I was there. And here I am in this big lifted truck with these big wheels, and, you know, I'm, I'm looked at as Mr. 4x4, and I'm out there picking up the trash around it that people are discarding while they're leaving the trailhead to go hike. And the hiking group said, man, I, I didn't know you guys do this. I said, yeah, I've got 15 trails that I maintain for the forest service. I do this all the time. And actually I would hit half moon Creek 
if I was in the Leadville area, I'd hit it twice in a week because it was just getting so trashed, you know, the whole trail. And there's a number of people. It's not just the hiking community. I mean, heck, there's mountain bike trails. There's there's obviously the 4x4 community back in there. So it's, it just gets heavy use from every user group. But what I would find is, is when I would be back there and say I was in an area to where it was a mountain bike trail or a hiking trail or whatever, all of a sudden I would get another person say, hey, I'll, I'll help you out. You know, they don't know me. Yeah. They don't know anything about me. They don't know where I'm at, but they love that area enough to where they're going to take time out of their schedule and say, hey, this, this individual shouldn't do it alone. I'm going to help them. And we would do that with the mountain bike community too because there were some trails that had mountain bike trails off of the motorized trail. So I'd say, hey, I'm running this trail. Does anybody want to ride along? And I'd just do it for free and they'd always give me like 20 bucks or whatever to say, hey, thanks for, you know, thanks for giving us a ride to these trails that would just take us forever to get to if we rode up the mountain and tried to bomb back down. Come to find out all these people that were in my truck with me that, that when I would go run these trails and I'd drop them off wherever, nine times out of 10, we agreed on pretty much everything. We just had a different way of doing it. And, but yet the preconceived motion in my mind is, well, that community over there that's only for quiet use hates what I do. Well, some of those people have four by four vehicles themselves to get to those hard to reach trailheads. They just like to get into nature where there's no motorized activity because that's their jam. Right. They shouldn't be faulted for that, you know, and no, no more should I be faulted for wanting to drive my truck to a hard to reach trailhead that, you know, just because it's lifted in four by four doesn't mean I'm going through muddy bogs and going off trail. Cause that's, I would never do that. So it's just, it, there's a lot of synergies among these groups. And if they would just talk, like you were saying, if they would just communicate and kind of like, kind of shelve that preconceived notion, put it in the back burner just for a moment and see if there's any common ground. I'll, I'll bet a lot more people would find out that they're, they're like-minded individuals. And that's what Steve Ranella talks about on that podcast episode from outside magazine, which I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Cause that's a really good one. Nice. Good. Yeah. I haven't listened to that one. Um, so I'll I'll, it's, yeah. it's really good. Nice. It's really positive. So well, what I, I, so here's, I actually started working on this earlier today. Um, so I'm, I'm going to create kind of a, a draft, um, a, a draft like what is nomad ramblings all about and a draft guidelines for the group and i was so what i was going to do was i was going to you know kind of make it a pin post and also you know when you oftentimes when you join a group there are um questions and yeah. and, and guidelines okay. and whatnot so anyway and I, and I don't the the other thing that um is important to me and and i think you're going to align with this is like I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the God of this group. And, and, and I, I really want the, I, I, I really want our listeners and other people that in, engage with this kind of lifestyle to take equal ownership of what this space is going to be. Um, and so I say that um, to, it, it, just kind of preface like I, I am not the final word as to these guidelines and what this group is about. I, I want a back and forth exchange between you and I and our audience to really come up with something that we can kind of all agree and abide by. Um, but I, I, I personally will, I'll, I'll start out with the draft and then people can pipe in um, you included, obviously, as to how to refine it and better align it with what we're all grasping for. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. And I, you know, I think it's just important that people, like like we were talking about, just you know, come at, come at with come at it with a lighthearted, fun, somewhat mischievous, sure, uh, yeah, 
personality and approach and it's going to be fine. You know, I, if anybody's in there like personally attacking somebody, of course they'll be removed, but we're not going to rule it with an iron fist. You know, like that's, that's what annoys me about other groups is like the thought police. And it's like, if anybody says anything outside of the norm, it's like, come on. Yeah, we don't we don't have time for that, man. We're too we're too busy in the backcountry having a good time. <laughs> Seriously, oh my god, yeah, I, yeah. So like, yeah, that, that's that's the final answer. You know, before you flag or start getting all heated about something, go take a walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, go pet your dog. And, yep. Oh, or, or, or or heck, go camp for the night and come back in the morning and revisit it. I right. guarantee you, you'll think it's fine. I yeah. guarantee you'll think it's fine. Yeah. Have a great have a great breakfast in the backcountry. Enjoy listening to the birds sing in the morning. Watch the sun come up. Pet your dog. Come back. Revisit it and go. You know what? It's not even worth it. And just move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, cool, man. I, I thought this was good. You want anything else you want to hit on before we uh, log off here? Because I. I, uh, I think this is an excellent conversation. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pleased with it too. I'm, I'm just psyched for people to, to join in. And I, I mean, the other thought that I had was, you know, not everybody's on Facebook, not everybody's on social media or whatever. So I don't, you know, how, how do you, how do we bring everybody into this? Um, you know, that, that, and I don't have the answer, but that was the only other thought is like, you know, like maybe, if, if there's a Redditor out there, you know, a hardcore Redditor, you know, maybe they create the same group. And um, I, I spend a little bit of time on Twitter, but I, that, that was the only thought. And we can at least further explore people hit us up on um, whatever way you want to hit us up on to engage this conversation. But yeah, um, I yeah, definitely. Well, and, and on the website, you know, they could certainly uh, where the, on the podcast portion of the website where we upload everything, it, people can certainly uh, send us a message through that as well. Yeah. If they, yep. uh, if they want to get us up on the, it's, I'll, I'll just put that link in the, in the show notes below. You know, one thing's interesting. You were talking about Twitter. I actually, for some weird reason this morning, cause I'm not, I don't use Twitter very much. I've, I've got an account, but I wanted to do a test to see what it would take to get, to get banned from Twitter. <laughs> because, because, because of the social media thought police, you know Yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I, want, I wanted to test, so I, I got online and I looked at the different phrases that you could use that, that Twitter flags. So I think I may do that and see how quick I, quickly I can get banned because I don't care about using Twitter. And so uh, it would just be fun to see how long it would take to get removed. Yeah. Because of the thought, the so I think I'm going to do that and then we can revisit that in the next next uh, time we talk. And I can tell you if it was you know, a matter of five seconds or two days, you know, right. and, and how it went down and what the, and, and whether they notified me or not, or if they just said, screw you, you're done. And <laughs> I mean, it would just be, it would just be, um, you know, a case study. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to do the same thing on that, on that Facebook group that we're, you know, where, where someone got some, someone, someone got their feelings hurt because I used the word chub. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to start just posting some, just belligerent, you know, like <laughs> all sorts of stuff. I mean, I, I shared some of that with you, you know, like some different ideas that I had, yep. but um, uh, whatever. I'm going to go pet my dog instead and, and, <laughs> there you and go. focus on more, more positive things. Cool, man. Well, I should be getting an update tomorrow from the computer company, so I'll keep you informed. I hope to be in Gunnison within four or five days. So we'll see what, what happens with that. I got to roll through Denver and get my, get my tags and then I'm out. That sounds great, man. Look forward to your return. All right, buddy. All right. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Yep. Bye.